I'll turn off the computer, but it's especially working from home. You're like, oh, I have my phone on me. I'll just keep shopping or keep looking at design stuff, you know, and not pay attention to my kid. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant, and today I am pulling back, you know, all walks of human secrets that we keep hidden from other people and ourselves, and you know, the how, what, when, where, why of it all. And today I have a very special guest. Her name is Nicole, and she's actually going to share something that I feel people don't talk a lot about. So, Nicole, my question for you, dun, 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 what is your secret? Well, my secret is that I am a mother that prefers and probably wishes that being a working mother, I just wish I worked more in my career and less in motherhood. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Now, how many kids do you have? I have two um, young kids. I have a five-year-old and a 18-month-old. Oh, you're in that 18-month-old stage. Yeah. That was that was like brutal for me a little bit, that age. How's it, how's it going with that age? Um, you know, as the older one, you know, gets a little bit more independent, she is still just as sassy as she was when she was younger. And, you know, her attitude is very flamboyant and girly. So I think it's just about, you know, embracing that side of her. And I just wish that I could give her more attention. Um, But, you know, being a working mom, I... I think I definitely choose work over her sometimes, but I think being an example for her is kind of how I try to get away with it. Right. Um, So that is what kind of allows me to feel okay with it. Um, But at the same time, I think I also lean on my family a lot. Um, That is also part of the secret is having these people who can really back me up um, and give me that support, which I know a lot of people might not have, but. No, I don't have it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that just fuels the fire where I think I just become so codependent on them. Um, Both my husband and like the grandparents on both sides. Like I think, having them as crutches, I lean into my work um, more so than ever. And now I'm forced into this motherhood role again of being, of feeling, you know, 
not at a loss, but how to juggle working from home and um, kind of being this weird stay-at-home mom, but not thriving um, as my usual self. But luckily, my girls are pretty independent um, in their own nature. Um, and they don't want my help sometimes in some cases. So, you know, luckily, um, maybe I am raising two independent young females in this new age and I, I'm okay with that. So, well, here's my question for you, just so the listeners know, how many hours a week do you think you work? Like if you could average, I mean, I would say 24 hours now working with the kids at home and and mentally working, um, there's no stopping. I mean, I do interior design, so, and architecture. So, you know, I can go out into the field for eight hours, 10 hours a day, but then I'll come home and try to do some shopping for work online. And then my husband takes a lot of that front of, um, being there for the kids and cooking and cleaning. And I'm still, mentally working in my head and so you know my kid nurses at night still I'm up all hours of the night with her and they sleep with me so it's like motherhood is taking my night shift I'm in shock right now because I can't imagine because I'm a working working mom too and I have lots of stuff going on and you know we work from home and I cannot imagine breastfeeding and being a working and because I honestly at the beginning of this stage I had a hard time with the stay at home I'm not a stay at home mom I don't find my peace at home like you know like so I understand you you I'm totally identifying with you but to be nursing on top of it I'm in shock shock yeah I I think when we when I was actually going into the office I was able to kind of remove myself from it and I went back a lot earlier with the second um, kid. Uh, and I think once we came back from quarantine or came um, home and started working during the quarantine, she, my kid just reverted back to nursing like full time. And I was like, what? Is this like every three hours? Um, yeah. And it's just more out of comfort than the obvious nutrition and you know because she'll eat normally but it's just the attention that she needs and so I do feel guilty and I do feel that pain of not being able to to give her the attention that she wants because I'm like oh no like we can't do this right now I'm on a conference call or I need to do a presentation but you know she's crying and oh Mother shame is real. I can, I can feel it in your voice, like the shame a little bit. Like there's a part of you that sounds like you don't want to be saying it, but it's so true. I think we shame ourselves and like, it, it is hard to give your child everything you need and plus take care of yourself. So it seems like I can hear it in your voice and I am with you. So thank you. No. And, and my husband gets it that he can't, give her that attention, that physical attention. So he does everything he can to like make up for it. And I think, like I said, I've, my family is my crutch. And so that's like also just as bad, you know, like I lean on them too much and I'm like, oh, I can get away with it. Like, cause they're there or he's there, you know? And I'm so grateful for them because 
otherwise I, I don't know how I would survive motherhood in all its entirety. I think, I mean, for me, for both kids, they were necessarily planned. I mean, they were planned in the sense that we were married and, you know, um, I accepted children and, you know, <laughs> and So you never wanted to have any kids. Did you, were you one of those? I mean, I, th- I am Catholic and, and I wasn't on birth control or no, I was on birth control, but, um, it, I was probably that like weird percentage. <laughs> so you got pregnant on birth control is what yeah. you're telling me. Um, oh on the first one, I was pregnant on birth control. And then the second one that was, um, I don't know. I can't remember that. <laughs> mommy second. brain. She's having mommy brain. Yeah, no. And it was just like, I mean, that was just the timing of life. Right. And I'm very accepting of, you know, falling into these roles, but I, it's not in my nature. I don't think nature was not in my nature. And, um, for our first child, I, I had just gotten into my career and wasn't really sure how to handle it. And I tried doing the stay at home mom slash part-time freelance work. And I was more confused than ever. And, I think my pride took a lot of the hit. And so once we had my second kid, I was like, I'm going to be selfish and go back. You know, I think that's where I found my confidence level and I kind of stuck with it and, and pushed back on just, you know, what society tells mothers. Listen, girl, I did not want kids. Like I'm, I'm never saw myself as a mother. I never saw myself married. So when I decided, we decided to have a kid, my career was just taking off and I was on a series and I was like, do I want this? And I did, but then becoming a mother and taking that time off to heal yourself and feed your baby and all that stuff, I could not wait to get back on set. I think I went back after four months. Yeah. And it was like coming home. Like a part of me was missing. And sometimes that's what some mothers need. They need that. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm actually jealous of the women that just want to be stay at home moms. Yeah. Like I, I wish I had that, but I just don't. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Like I, I thought I could do it. Like just having that luxury of flexibility and just being with your child. And I mean, luckily my children are cool. Like I think they are cool and like they're pretty. Well, fun. you're really cool. So I think your children are probably cool. Well, no, yeah. Like they, they, they can just chill and have a good time and, you know, self-entertain. I was just listening to something earlier about how they can, how to like allow your kids to occupy themselves. Right? Independ- independent play, I think is what they call it. Yeah. yeah. And from an early on stage when, with our first kid, my mom used to say like, how can you work from home and just watch your kid just play by themselves? I was like, because she, that's how she kind of grew up on it. It's not like I was neglecting her. It's that both kids, you know, they would rather play and do things on their own than let me bother them. And like, you know, I'm bad at pretending. I'm bad at pretending and, and playing dress up with them. Like I, I was never like that 
kid in theatrics, you know, where I'm like, I can be an actor and like, let's pretend we're astronauts. Like, no, like I can teach you how to craft. I can teach you how to draw. I can teach you math, maybe another language, but no, I like, so the homeschooling part has helped. I'm not a great teacher per se, like with patients, but. Oh, I'm terrible. I can't, I can't even imagine no, I'm, right I'm a strict teacher. I'm a strict teacher. I'm not, I don't, I don't have that nurturing side, but at the same time, like, yeah, like I, 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 I can excel at certain realms of, um, I think that's great though, leaning into our strengths and like letting it be okay where it's not a natural fit. My husband, he runs a family business. So that takes precedence in our overall, um, future where my, my need to make money is, you know, just to support like the day to day. Um, I guess now, um, bank account. I mean, it's like, luckily we are able to have our, we own our home. We own a second property We're, we've done well for ourselves, but it wasn't with the help of family to really help make those proper investments. And so I kind of have been able to do well and, but maintain all of those things still comes with um, a lot of time and management. And it's like, the more you have the, uh, the more responsibilities. Right? Completely, completely. The more you, I agree, the more you have and the more like successful, you have to maintain that. Yeah. You, have to maintain you think it. you can like sit back and relax and you actually can't, like you have to yeah. keep maintaining it or it, it, it goes away. Yeah. And I think, um, with my pride of work, I think I have become lazy in other areas. Like I don't do anything really for myself outside of wanting design and art and shopping, <laughs> you know? I mean, so it's hard to find balance just for my peace of mind. And so- So maybe you're saying like a little sloth in the sloth, spiritual- yeah area and self self care and all that stuff yeah I mean I'll put on a face mask but my husband he's like you need to balance like your health like in all of this like because so that's what how I think you already answered the next question you're like on it like you've harmed you're harming your self-care yeah benefited your your daughter seemed to be very self-sufficient even at a young age I think that's important um, who else has this benefited and harmed you think? Oh, I mean, once I've, once I thought I might've had this virus, like I thought I harmed my entire family. Like we, mm. what was it? We had just seen like my extended family, all the grandparents. So there was just so much emotional guilt that I felt. And, you know, a lot of them were like, it's okay. Like we could have this could have happened to anyone through contact of grocery store or whatever, you know, but, um, they just tell me like, if I have to keep working to make things happen for our family, like you just got to do what you got to do and be safe. And so yet again, my family's still taking the crutch for me and allowing me to keep working. And so they're, I mean, I'm not 
saying they're fueling my fire of wanting more, but I do thrive on going to these job sites and feeling empowered and, and physically installing and, and doing my job. Um, but you know, do you, here's my question for you that just popped into my head. Do you feel like no matter what success you get in your career that you're always going to be wanting more? Is there ever like, are you, like you're always going to be striving for more? Um, no, I hit a comfort level. I, I hit a comfort level before I had my second kid and I was like, Oh, I can do this. Like I can have, you know, cool kid in kindergarten and have an only child. I have a great husband. I have all these things and that was comfortable and that felt good. That felt really good. And I felt great. And, you know, it's when you hit those um, obstacles at work that knock you back down and make you feel like, oh, like you might not be good enough and you're, you're easily replaceable. And I was like, that's when you have to like, kind of keep yourself on your toes. So I, I do know what it's like to kind of plateau and, and take that step back and feel that moment of gratitude. Um, but yeah, I think my husband is the one that constantly keeps my feet on the ground because he's always, he's just as addicted to new projects and making things for our family that are a little bit more long-term um, even though his turnaround time on projects can seem short term because he's always trying, like, I'm not saying he's failing at them, but, um, there are, you know, roadblocks for him that, um, he faces, but he's always striving more, but he allows me to kind of, um, keep my feet on the ground and same for him, like, I'm always like, kind of giving him that hesitation, like, Oh, you really want to do that? <laughs> okay, like, sure, go ahead. <laughs> like, with his projects. But um, I think that's the key is, yeah, just having a solid partner in all of this just um, keeps our kids healthy and our, you know, work life healthy. But so how do you move forward in the future? Like the th couple of things you said, how do you move forward in maintaining is more of a balance maybe and still, you know, driving for what you want in the workplace? A schedule. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I try to be a little bit more organized every day. You can't Marie Kondo your life. <laughs> you know, with toddlers, <laughs> like you can't, you can, you, you can plan and plan and plan, but how do you live, um, and not feel free spirited at the same time? So, um, I think schedules help, but you got to have room for error and freedom. Um, but moving forward, you got to have goals. Like that is the key, um, I think there, like, cause sometimes I do forget to have goals for myself. Like right. I have goals for work. I have goals for the next six months, the next three months, but like, do I have like a daily goal of, you know, maybe going for that walk or, you know, speaking to friends, um, you know, like those social goals are important for people, those health goals whether they're daily, short-term, long-term, 
you got to remind yourself that, um, that those are also essential to living, um, and how to get there. Uh, I love that. So we all need to get some self-care goals is what you're saying. And, you know, like meditation or prayer or like 20 minutes to work out or go on that walk, you said, or journal or all those things that keep us connected to who we really are and not just like striving, 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 or like giving to your kids, giving to your kids, giving to your kids. Yeah. And I know it sounds like a little cliche, but I mean, I think if you are passionate at whatever you're doing, or if it is something that you are keeping a secret, like you're always going to have a goal towards keeping it to yourself or, or, or fueling that passion. So it's just kind of putting a spin on it, I guess, and seeing how positive you can kind of come out of it. Um, and seeing the, the people that are down for the ride, the reason, the season and the lifetime commitment of people who you surround yourself with, um, I think will get you to your goals. Um, I think that is also the key to why I've, I'm, I've been addicted to work is because of my coworkers and, um, my mentor, you know, so that's why I show up every day. Yeah. Maybe just put like an alarm on your phone and not take an email after 8 p.m. <laughs> I, I'll turn off the computer, but it's especially working from home. You're like, oh, I have my phone on me. I'll just keep shopping or keep looking at design stuff, you know, and not pay attention to my kid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I am so grateful. I identify with so much you said, and I, I think our listeners probably did too. I mean, how could you not? So Nicole, you rock. Thank you. Keep putting in the work, being a great mom, putting an example for your kids to be a strong woman. And thank you for listening to Secret Life. I'm Brianne Davis Gant. If you want to be on the show, send me an email at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. And until next time, thanks guys. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.